Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to get better in all areas of life, from wellness and mental health to career and relationships and so much more. I know getting better isn't easy, but it's a whole lot easier when you can do it together. Welcome to Better Together with me, Maria Menunos. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's our goal here every single day. Our quote of the day, communicating honestly about desires, preferences, and limits not only changed my boundary dance with others, it changed how I related to and experienced myself, and that changed my life. That is from Terry Cole, our guest today. We're talking boundaries, people. We've been waiting for this episode for a very, very long time. Uh, She also has another quote that I love. I'm glad you included this one. Mm -hmm. You don't owe anyone your personal information, especially not to satisfy their curiosity. Right? (sighs) So good. Uh, The book is called Boundary Boss, The Essential Guide to Talk True, Be Seen, and Finally Live Free. Uh, We're going to be chatting with Terry Cole. She's a psychotherapist, global relationship and empowerment expert all about boundaries. We have your heel squad questions. We have our questions. Um, and we are very excited about this. Um, are you guys ready with your questions? Oh, I threw mine in there. I'm excited. I'm really excited. Like the book was so wild and I feel like it's going to be my new kind of like guidebook because mm-hmm. it's, she writes it so well where it's like, she takes you through like layers and steps So I feel like I'm and I have so many things like underlined and highlighted, like I'm going to go back and be like, oh, my God, if I'm struggling with something. But yeah, I'm excited because I'm also I like listening versus reading. So I'm going to go back and listen to this episode. I feel like over and over (laughs) again. Instead of reading again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, uh, I like reading it, but then I like the reinforcement of the conversation. Mm. So that's how I always learn in school. I'm like, wait, 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 hold on a second. So this and this, and then that happened. <laughs> and then they're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, now I got it. I like would store it in my head like that. that. Makes sense. Um, but before we get into that, um, we had a very long day yesterday or two days ago. Yeah. Two days ago. Um, with, uh, some new rescues that we brought into the picture, so Kevin and I saw a tweet go out. I don't really scroll through social media a lot. It's like one of those quickie things I'll pop in. <laughs> and so with everything going on in Ukraine, I've been on Twitter a lot more lately, just trying to keep an eye on what's going on. It's obviously not great. Um, but uh, I saw this post this woman had made about two dogs Two little fluffers. They said they were poodles. I think they're Bichons. Anyway, uh, and they were they were surrendered by their owner. And a lot of people are like, I can't believe they're heartless. This 8 and 11-year-old, they're seniors. This is terrible. And yeah, it's terrible. We don't know what happened, though. We don't know if maybe they fell on hard times. It is a very tough time right now with inflation and gas prices and so much. So... We don't, as I always tell Kevin, we don't know their story. Mm -hmm. So, um, but these dogs were screaming, crying in the shelter, like shell shocked. And Kevin, of course, was like, I'll go there now. I'm like, Kevin, it's, it's, it's evening. They're closed. 
Okay, we'll go there in the first thing in the morning. And I'm like, Kevin, please let me let me let me see if I can get a rescue to go because this is a lot of work. And if I can get somebody that does this, like maybe that will be better because you're exhausted and burnt out, and I'm just finally able to like live my days and feel free and feel you know good. No, yeah. <laughs> we don't need five dogs or four dogs in our house right now. No. So, um, that didn't last very long. (laughs) And so wasn't hearing anything back that would actually be concrete enough. And I did kind of feel like someone would get there, but Kevin didn't wait. He got in the car, drove, gosh, maybe almost two hours away or something. Yeah. yeah. Almost to Palm Springs and picked up the dogs. Would not respond to any of us all day. So me and Kelsey were trying to reach him totally in the dark. Nobody you know, no phone calls being answered, no texts being answered. And I said, well, at some point, maybe something happened. And then as I'm driving to go get my Oscar credential, I hear the, so I, I said, I was started getting nervous about him. And I said, Maria, check in with yourself. Do you feel like something happened? No. Okay. Keep driving. And I'm driving. And within like a minute, I hear the radio and the, the host of the radio show goes, and this Tesla flew through the air and it's all over my timeline and it's just crazy. And I'm like, ah! oh my God. and I was like <laughs> one minute from the hotel, I was going to get my credential where the Oscars are going to be held. I pull over and I look on the timeline and it was an evening shot in Echo Park of a Tesla that soared through the air. It must've hit like a oh bump God. in the road. I don't know if they did it on purpose or what, but, uh, but it was not Kevin and that was a good thing. And so the whole day is like going by, he left first thing in the morning and somewhere late in the afternoon, I finally get a hold of him and he was like, yes, I'm coming home. He's like, I have them. And I'm like, well, why didn't you share any pictures? Normally you would share a picture. You would tell me something. I'm a part of this too. And I'm like getting so upset. And so he wasn't sharing any pictures because he had a surprise. So in comes Kevin with the fully in, intact Tesla, thank God. And out come the two fluffers and then another one. This little um, black poodle schnauzer mix pops out. So we got the two white fluffers that they thought were poodles. Now we know are Bichons. And this little um, black and gray kind of poodle named Bobo. And he's like, Bobo was crying too. I had to take him. I go, oh my God. Now we came home with three dogs. Yep. And of course, we have the welcoming committee, the squad, Pooja and Kelsey and Violetta. We're all outside. We're all excited to give them their new lease on life. And Kevin and I have been rescuing dogs for so many years. We haven't in a minute because of my mom. So, well, a minute, it's been five years. But we, you know, got right back into our, you know, our thing. We got them in the sink and started bathing them. Violetta was such a genius, though, with the Dawn because they were so filthy they were gray and uh the dawn (laughs) soap actually like takes all the grease out so we figured one on their skin wouldn't be bad well violet it's so funny it's like my big fat greek wedding with the windex Mm -hmm. that's how violetta is with the dawn anytime i spill on myself she's like oh just use the dawn and i'm like are you serious comes out like that it's crazy Dawn is amazing it's amazing yeah so we got them all cleaned up. I started doing trimmies. One of them, their nail mm-hmm. gets caught in Kelsey's pants. We mm-hmm. have a disaster. We think they're going to break their foot. And yeah. Anyway, we're all, you know, very entrenched in getting these guys all cleaned up and fixed. And um, it was a, a very full house, five dogs. And then I realized oh, this used to be our normal. We used to have five dogs, you guys. And oh, we thought that you. was normal and easy. It was a zoo. So we now have a zoo in the house. We're very grateful that we were able to take them and, you know, they slept on top of Kevin in my dad's room, all three of them. I slept in my room with Max and Winnie, who were very unhappy, by the way. Yes, not thrilled. Winnie is so depressed. Max is so messed up. And, um, and I think he's like, he's like drooling at the mouth when he's with Bobo. He thinks Bobo's like a raccoon or something, you know? And so (laughs) he's got this like weird tail. And so anyway, um, they all slept well, but this morning was the cutest thing. They came up and they're so happy 
and their smiles are the biggest smiles I've ever seen on dogs in my life. And their little tails are waggling. Mm. It's the cutest thing. Whoever gets them is going to be so lucky because they're the sweetest things on the planet. So right now, Kevin took them to the groomer to get quaffed. So by, you know, a few hours from now, we will see perfect, beautiful Bichon froze. Bobo can't get a fro. He doesn't have a lot of hair. And he also got fixed, so he can't have a grooming for 10 days technically. So we did like a little cleanup, but uh, I think a shiny red collar for Bobo will make Bobo like step up to a whole other level. And Bobo's cute. Bobo has a cute little underbite that kind of looks like he got some good veneers going. Yes. And a snaggle (laughs) tooth. And a snaggle tooth. He's everything. (laughs) He's so cute. (laughs) He's so cute. So uh, anyhow, that's been our our last uh, 24 hours. It's been kind of (laughs) crazy. Oh, man. So, yeah. We have no boundaries <laughs> we when are. it comes yeah. to dogs. <laughs> there you go. That's basically it. No boundaries. <laughs> I try to keep the boundaries with the dogs. I keep telling Kevin, no more. We have children that are m- hopefully going to come. We're inching closer. And we do not need a zoo in the house. No. No. Until we move to a farm where we are going to have like an animal sanctuary or something. Until those days come, but not now and not here. Terry as would much be as I love them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Terry would say good job. Yeah. Hey, Hill Squad and Better Together fam. It's been a tough year, but we hear from so many of you just how much our content is helping you heal and get better. And it makes us feel so good. Our team works so hard to deliver this life-changing content. And a lot of you guys ask, how can I have a bigger role in our Heal Squad community? Or how can I do my part to help Better Together continue to uplift even more people? First of all, thank you for that sentiment. And we're so grateful for this community. If you could help us by giving us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts. That's amazing. Second, you could join the Better Together with Maria Menounos Instagram page. Third, you could share the show with a friend in need. And finally, for as little as $10 a month, please join our Patreon to get monthly live heal events with world-class healers, ad-free episodes of our show, and even weekly bonus episodes exclusive to Patreon. Getting better isn't easy, but it is a whole lot better when we can do it together. We love and appreciate and are so grateful for all of you. So anyhow, that um, that just gives you a little inside peek into what's been going on here. It is fun. They are adorable. I love them. That is definitely not the issue, but they need to go to somebody who can give them more attention. It's too hard with that many. Yeah. It really is. We've done it before. It's too hard. There's no way. I know. No. We only get two squad members in here. I know. <laughs> There's three of them, right? Winnie's lot. already in one lap. Yeah, and she's not happy. So, she was so trying sad. to bring her back to life down here. Yeah, she was in the kitchen this morning with her head down in her bed. She normally would be screaming for you and the squad. She just was so depressed. Mm. I was like, wow, poor Winnie. Winnie. And I said, we got to remember, we got to help the other kids <laughs> out there that need homes. Poor girl. We have actually been discussing taking in a family, a Ukrainian family, too. Oh, wow. I'm like a family of dogs, a family. Oh, my gosh. I don't know what the logistics of Mm. that all is, but what's going on over there is unreal. Yeah. It really is. And now they're saying he's going to use chemical weapons, which I think he kind of already did with that thermobomb or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's awful. Anyway, friends... We try to stay away from the news because we know you get that everywhere else. <laughs> uh, we try to be a positive place. And uh, and so we will maintain that. Um, doesn't mean we are not keeping our eyes on everything else and, and praying and hoping and trying to do the best that we can. In the meantime, boundaries are an issue that a lot of us have a... Um, an unfortunate relationship with. (laughs) And so we've been very much looking forward to this episode with Terry Cole um, to help us with uh, implementing boundaries and protecting boundaries. Um, She's an author, host, psychotherapist, relationship and empowerment expert. For over 20 years, she's worked with clients, helping them to take a holistic approach to their life and personal empowerment. She's a gift for making complex concepts accessible and actionable so everyone can achieve sustainable change. Well, Terry, we want some sustainable change here. The Heal Squad needs you. Thank you for being <laughs> with us today. Thank you so much for having me. So boundaries, why don't we have them? 
<laughs> oh, because nobody taught us, Maria. That's why. And because not only did nobody teach us, we actually, especially if you were raised as a woman, we actually learned the opposite, right? We learned that the more self-sacrificing you are, the better you are as a person, right? So most of us were raised and praised for being self-abandoning codependents. In life, be a good girl. Turn that frown around. People didn't care how you felt. They were just like, hi, don't make me uncomfortable. So we learned that this was to be a good person, to be, it was all about being nice, at least the way that I was raised. That being nice was this like virtue above all other things. Not like being honest, being strong, being ambitious. Those things were not as valued as being nice. And to have someone perceive you as being not nice, that was bad. Yeah, so that's like why. world ending. I have the chills all the way down my body. I don't think I've ever resonated with something so quickly and so intensely um, because that's how I was raised. I, I'd be curious with the queens who are younger, 28 and 22, hey. uh, were you raised in that same way? Yeah, definitely. I think not necessarily intentionally, but 100,000% yes. Okay. Pooch? Like kind of my, I think, I don't know. Like I was definitely taught to stand up for myself and that wasn't a bad thing if I did. So it was maybe like a mix, but I mean, society in general, like, yeah, it's just like, a, it's just, I feel like ingrained in society. Like, you know, that if you're not a good, good girl, good person, like you're like, you have to fix that. Like, you know, and mm -hmm. like taking care of you first, isn't really okay if it's hurting someone else. Yeah. I think, you well, know, we're labeled so quickly. Right. It's like, oh, she's Divas, crazy. She's bitches. a bitch. She's a right. diva. Yeah. Like right. you're bossy. Like yes. you're like moody, like, mm. you know, selfish. Yeah. Yeah. I know my parents always said, you got to be a good girl. And you, you know, they would, yeah, there was, it's funny in therapy, I'm realizing like you're any anger or any feeling you have that is opposite is completely um, not allowed. Mm. That we call those forbidden emotions. So that here's the thing. Like, you don't have the power and I don't have the power to like forbid emotions, even though family systems do. So what happens is my in my family system, anger was a forbidden emotion. So I had to turn it into something else because your feelings don't just go away because they're inconvenient or because you don't like them or because someone else won't like them. So I turned that anger into like, I turned it in sadness, depression. It was okay if I cried, but I couldn't be mad. Mm -mm. Uh, so so right? are, are our tears sometimes just hidden anger? I mean, yes. Yeah. How can they not be? Unless you have a very healthy relationship to anger. I mean, mine now, a million years of therapy later is pretty damn good, but you know, it wasn't for so long because it was not allowed. So crying, I would be able to say I'm upset, but I could never back in the day while I was a boundary disaster, I could never say I'm pissed right mm. now. I'm angry right now. Maybe I could say I was angry, but I could never just be in that moment of being like, I'm mad right now because it wasn't allowed. And I think a lot of people had forbidden emotions like that. I, I actually talk about that in the book as well. Yeah. Cause I remember a lot of times crying, you know, at work because I guess now that I look back, that's an acceptable emotion. Nobody wants to see you crying either. That's a whole no. other thing. Now you're just the crazy person or just somebody who can't handle their emotions, but it is more acceptable than sharing your anger. And so I can see that. Right. Now. But, but let's look at that for one second, Maria crying that is a self-abandonment thing because mm -hmm. it isn't good for you, let's say in a professional situation, to be crying when how you really feel is you're angry, right? So again, we, we abandon ourselves by, by softening all unconsciously. This is the whole thing, what is so mind-blowing about boundaries is it isn't like any of us intend to have disordered boundaries. Most people in my therapy practice literally didn't even know what boundaries were until we started talking about it. And I certainly didn't in my 20s. I was like, why am I so miserable? 
why am I so pissed all the time, not saying it, sarcastic, passive aggressive, like all these other ways of communicating that displeasure, because I didn't just know how to friggin' say no to things. So I overcommitted, mm-hmm. overfunctioned, mm-hmm. overgave, and then was like, Betty is so entitled, right? Like it was all about now them rather than my inability to set a limit mm-hmm. with someone and be truthful about that because it was such a fear of how I would be perceived as not nice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Or you didn't come through for somebody. And then, you know, I had a situation in recent times where I was having a nervous breakdown. My mom was dying and this mm-hmm. person knew that I had to take a leave from my own show happened to be on their episode and I've not been forgiven since I've had to write a letter. I've had to do all kinds of things. And And they made me feel so bad. And, and that was, it It was like, thank you for the letter and, and just poof gone. And, uh, and it made me feel really, really bad because I was so ill and so in a bad place. And, and it was very easy to understand as, as this person who's also a healer (laughs) who should know this. Um, and, and it's it makes me so hesitant in the future to choose myself. And because I I still will think, well, I should have just sucked it up somehow. I should have just been there because this person's been there for me. I should be there for them. Let's reframe though. Can we please? Yes, please. <laughs> when you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but It's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. So instead of focusing on what you did wrong, I want you to think about that exact scenario, but instead of it being you, Mm. it's your very best friend. It's your little brother. It's someone you adore. Would you be like, you know what? You really should have sucked it up more. I can't believe you disappointed that person. Or would you be like, what the hell is wrong with that narcissistic, egocentric person who has this much empathy for anyone else, you would never say to someone you loved. No, no, I would tell Kelsey that person's an asshole. Exactly. And yes, they did a lot for you, but you did a lot for them too. And 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 one incident like that, one moment like that should have some grace that comes with it, especially under the circumstances. Right. But Maria, you decide that, Mm. right? Here's the thing. You, you are the only bouncer right? Each one of us for the VIP section of your life. Oh, right. You make the guest list, you put up the velvet rope or you don't. 
And that person does not belong. They need to be like in the nosebleed seats somewhere, or they need to be maybe mezzanine. But they certainly, after that incident, they got to get out of the VAMP section. But here's my question, Terry. So, and this, I'm saying this and using this as an example, because I know examples is how everyone can help apply to their own life. When you start to analyze things like I would, and I know I got a comment once about somebody thinking I overanalyze. Sorry, I do. Um, I wonder, um, and I'm not saying that in a negative way because they didn't say it in a negative way, but it is mm-hmm. true. Um, I wonder when I look at the at that person, I'm like, this is a really nice person. So I must be wrong. It must be me. Right, but a nice person can do a um, cold thing. Yeah. A nice person can can make a wrong move. But instead of doing the dance, the codependent dance with them that you did, being like, I'm so sorry, well, let me write you an apology email, in saying, I appreciate your understanding because I'm literally on my knees. So, I mean, not begging them, but like on your knees, like there's no more, there's no more bandwidth for you to do that thing. You couldn't have done that thing on that day. Have an expectation. Yeah. Instead of expecting someone to be mad when you have a human moment, maybe we can expect the people in our life to really show up for us. And even if that, listen, that doesn't mean the person is a terrible person, right? But it's also okay for you to be like, hey, I was in so much pain. And your response to that one show being canceled actually really was so upsetting. And I was already like in the gutter, basically. I had no bandwidth. And I just wanted to let you know that. And it really impacted me. And it really bummed me out. I was so mad, speaking about mad, Mm -hmm. that this took bandwidth away from my dying mother. How friggin' dare you is what I kept thinking. But I couldn't let it go because... You know, you, you have like for me, I always try to examine myself to see where did I go wrong because I want to take ownership over it, you know? (laughs) Right. But can I say something? You're so like me and all the people in my crew, which is that we're always the ones who are like wringing our hands, like, okay, so I'm, I want to take responsibility for my part. Here's the thing so much of the time, what we're really doing is we are feeling overly responsible for all of it. Mm. We feel responsible for the feeling states of other people. We feel responsible for the choices, the decisions, the circumstances. I mean, think about codependency. The actual definition of codependency, according to me, is it's being overly invested in the feeling states, the decisions, the outcomes of the people in your life to the detriment of your own internal peace or your financial, physical, spiritual well-being. So that's not to say, listen, you're a lover, you're Greek. I mean, forget it. Like you, you, <laughs> this is your personality. Me too, right? I'm not Greek, but I'm a lover, right? I, I, we want to help people, mm-hmm. caring. So I'm not saying we shouldn't be invested at all in the people we care about. Of course we should. But the description is specific to say that it is to the detriment, meaning when your best friend calls you and is like, oh my God. I'm in a crisis. Does their crisis become your problem in your mind? Are you immediately on Google being like, oh my God, I'm going to find a specialist? 100%. That's me. Right. (laughs) Instantly, I'm already coming up with the solutions. And I, yeah. Right. Here's, you are what I, I, I created a new term because my clients, my crew, the people who follow my work, didn't feel identified with the word codependent. I don't, I can never even remember what it means. I have such yep. a weird connection to that word. I don't know what it is. I feel like I have to ask what it means. I know that sounds probably, I'm, you know, I sound stupid, but I can never remember what that word means or exactly what, how it applies. It, it's just the hardest one for me in the world. Maybe because I'm so it. <laughs> you got it. You spot it. You spot it. You got it. No, exactly. I think that you're super not alone though, because part of it is that it is, it's confusing because most of us, when we hear codependent, we think Melody Beatty, codependent no more. I'm an enabler, got to be involved with an addict. Like 
it is transformed so much, but because my clients were like you couldn't remember what it really? was. Oh yeah. Oh no, you are so not, I can't tell you how many interviews I've done. And the person has said the same exact thing. And like you have had tons of exposure to wellness folks, yes. interviewing them, doing the thing, just like you. And are like, I don't even know what the hell it is. So you're not stupid or alone in that process. Wow. So I, because my, I would say to a client like, Hey, what you're describing is codependent behavior. And they'd be like, no, 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 lady, you misunderstand. I'm not dependent on crap. Every I'm making all the dough. I'm doing all the things. Everyone's dependent on me. I was like, right. Clearly you don't know what codependency is because that is codependency. So I said, I have to change this. And here's the thing. It was my own form of codependency as well. So I made up a new name called high functioning codependency Hmm. because the people and you who fall into this category are super duper capable, incredibly hard workers. We make it look easy. So easy. Oh my God. Where's my husband right now to hear this? He goes, Maria, we make it look so easy. Oh yep. my God, sorry. God. But it's not easy though. We know this. What is it? Diligence, hard work, a willingness to like be knocked down 4,000 times to get up 4,001. I mean, come on. We know what it takes. But what happens is people perceive us as like, oh, you're the one with all the answers. Oh, I'm going to come to you when I have problems or, oh, I need money or, oh, whatever. And we want to avoid conflict rejection, an uncomfortable conversation, all the things. That is all codependency where we are over-functioning, over-giving, but it's to the detriment of ourselves. And when you think about it, let's really boil down what is codependency. It is a covert or overt bid for control over other people's outcomes We don't want our best friend marrying that jerk. We don't want our partner changing careers, even though they really want to, because we're worried they're not going to make it or they're, they're giving up this big pension, whatever, whatever our thing is. We want things to be manageable. We want things to be neat in like a nice, put it in this box, please. If you're doing something risky now, I'm uncomfortable. Because I'm going to have to deal with it. Well, because you're so friggin' codependent, you're going to deal with it, right? (laughs) (laughs) When you're less codependent, when we really start recovering from this, the liberation, I'll I'll tell you a quick story about this just personally. This was the last concept in my personal life that I was able to get because it was such, I thought it was such a core part of my identity. I was like, you know me, I'm just like Mother Teresa like that. I just, I don't know, I'm just a giver. That was what I thought uh-huh, was happening. Uh-huh. So I have three old, I have three older sisters and one of them has had lots of problems in her life, always in abusive relationships and bad things. Anyway, I was saying to my therapist, oh my God, what am I going to do about my sister? She's living with this friggin' crack addict in the woods with no running water. Who's He's abusive, like literally, that's no exaggeration. And I was like, what am I going to do? Right. She was like, um, hello? What do you mean? It was like, I mean, I have to do something, right? Like I have to do something. I've been throwing money at it. It doesn't help. I've been, you know, whatever. And then she was like, Terry, let me ask you something. What makes you think that you know what lessons your sister needs to learn in this life? Oh my God. I was like, oh my God, exactly. And what makes you think that you know what's right for them? Exactly. But we always think we do. We know better. Right. But here's the thing. It, from that moment in my late 20s that she said that to me, I was like, wait, I think we can agree, Bev, that she doesn't need to learn this lesson by living with a crack addict in the woods without running water. No. And he, she was like, I can definitely not agree because I'm not God and I have no idea what your sister needs to learn. I was like, well, what do I do? And she was like, step back. You can tell the truth. You can have a conversation that says, I love you, but I can't listen to you talk about this abusive relationship. If you ever want to get out for real, I'm still your person. And I stopped really talking to her so frequently. And what happened is nine months later, she was like, 
hi, I'm ready. I was like, great. I'm in my car. Got her. She got sober. Never was in a bad relationship like that again. Went back to school. Not because I centered myself in her as her solution, but because I stepped back and realized her life is her responsibility Mm -hmm. and I can love her and not think it's so condescending when you really get it. Like that whole Mother Teresa thing. I was like, oh my God, I'm so not Mother Teresa. My therapist said, do you know why you're doing it though? And I was like, obviously not. So help. And she said, you've worked really hard to create internal peace. Stop drinking all decades ago, all the things. Your sister's dumpster fire of a life is really messing with that peace. Mm-hmm. So you really want her crap to end. So your pain can end because you're such a friggin' codependent. And I was like, who knew? Now I understand what codependency is. And that shifted where the, the relief that I experienced though, and I think lots of my clients feel this way too, is I really said to my therapist, like, but am I being a bad sister by not saving her from herself? And she was like, hi, you can't. That isn't even possible what you're saying, but you are twisting yourself up in a pretzel and you're not doing her any favors at all because you literally have no idea what's right for her. Only she knows that. And the liberation to be like, wow, it's not my responsibility really changed my life. Wow. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and enter the promo code Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com, promo code Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. We had a moment just the other day where I was like, you're like, yeah, it's because I'm nice. I'm like, is it? I think it's because we we don't want. I can't remember what it was. It was that you were telling me I didn't want to say something to someone. And I was like, oh, I could like I can feel their pain. And Maria's like, or you just don't want conflict. And I was like, good point. <laughs> <laughs> well, because sometimes you can't see it in yourself. But like when I'm giving you advice, I'm I'm thinking of myself and I'm like, oh, shit, that's why I do it. (laughs) So it's easier. And I caught it so fast in that moment. Um, Wow. I mean, even just your example with your sister, you know, so many of us have to deal with the unpeaceful sibling that we, you know, try to, well, I mean, for me, I had to completely just cut out. And then when, you know, my mom got sick, that was a different story. We tried. He just went back to his old ways. Now I've completely cut out again. Um, but I understand that want for peace because life would be so much better if, you know, 
if he wasn't so disruptive and so challenging. Those are very kind words I'm using. Oh, I, 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 I see the subtext. <laughs> um, you know, so it's, it's, uh, it's interesting. And I know that so many people suffer from that. So it's a great example for people to realize, like you can offer your support and let them come to you. And then in the meantime, you got to just kind of remove yourself. But even then, listen, there's somewhere in between. And what I wanted to say about the codependency, the high-functioning codependency, regular-ass codependency, whichever, is that it is disordered boundaries. I mean, in the description of what codependency is, we're overstepping emotional boundaries and all the other boundaries. So know that. And I think that it's important that we just make a quick, let's establish what boundaries are, because I honestly, Maria, I really feel like people have no idea. They're oh, like, yes. I have to say no. It's about being mean. I have to be bitchy. It's about being a drama queen. It's all yeah. the things. There's so much negative associated that we don't realize it's not that at all. But how do we, this is the other thing, and I want to get into this too, is how do you change society? Because society is still going to look at us like that. Whether we like it or not, the woman who is assertive in the workplace has to be removed. She's too much trouble. Or the woman who in, you know, wherever is at a store is assertive about what she wants and how she, she's the psycho. There's just, it's so hard. Here's the thing. First of all, I do not subscribe to that notion at all. I don't. And and if someone thinks I'm a psycho, honestly, I don't give a shit. That's just me. I really don't. Because (laughs) Can you bottle that up and sell it to the rest of us? (laughs) I don't I don't care. Think about it this way. With with boundaries themselves, it really is as simple as you knowing your preferences, your limits, and your deal breakers, your non-negotiables in your relationships and in life. That's it. Preferences, sometimes I say preferences, desires, limits, and deal breakers. And those are the things that we communicate. And that's what boundaries are, right? We make a boundary request. I mean, it's not all about my way or the highway because that's a disordered boundary as well. I have a free uh, boundary quiz. Just go to boundaryquiz.com and you could see your archetype. And I already know yours, but you, I want you to take it anyway. It's 13 questions. Okay. Super simple, but there's no way not to. When you come out, you're like, oh my God, yes, that is me. Because there's different ones like a chameleon, a peacekeeper, an ice queen. Because people think that if you have really hard boundaries, Mm -hmm. you're a boundary boss. Not true. That is not true. That is having rigid boundaries, not healthy boundaries, because there's a certain amount of flexibility. When we have healthy boundaries, we're not so like, ah, my way or the highway. So, I think that's another myth where we see the women in particular who have boundaries that are too porous, we call it, which is like too malleable, right? The peacekeeper, the pushover, the, um, the chameleon. But the, on the other side, being, you know, protecting yourself with like a huge wall and a moat, that is also having disordered boundaries. It's just the other end of the spectrum. So we need to be able to ask for what we want, share our preferences with people, and to get really dialed in to how much of the time what we want is to have no conflict. Above all other things, we want to avoid conflict. And when we are so conflict avoidant, it's impossible to like really be authentically full of yourself. Because think about it. If we say yes, when we want to say no, because we want to be nice, because we want that person who is mad that we were not going to interview them. I just want to punch that person in the face. But let's just say, (laughs) if you did that, right? What is happening is when we say yes, when we want to say no, is that we are giving corrupted data about who we are to the people in our lives. And I've had women come into my therapy practice in their sixth, seventh decade of life. And they're like, hey, everything's on track. Kids are going to Ivy League schools. Money's in the bank. I kind of still like my spouse. I work out three times a week. Why do I feel so empty? I'm like, because you built a life on checking boxes and nobody friggin' knows you. (gasps) Oh, my God. I want to cry. That's unbelievable. Oh, my God. 
nobody knows you. So painful because how can anyone authentically love you, right? Yeah, go deeper into that. Sure. If we don't talk about what's real for us, right? If our outside behavior is way different than our internal experience or narrative, we are having a relationship with people with like the false self that we erect to be successful in life, to not get disapproval, to not be rejected, all of those things. So part of it is why I walk you through it in the book and the way I teach it in my courses is that we must start with a deep dive into ourselves. I mean, the first exercise in the book is doing this massive list. It's called the okay and not okay list, where we go through every area of your life and we're like, what is okay in this area? Most, mostly, it's really easy to start with figuring out all the crap that's not okay, mm-hmm. where we're like, I don't like the way that person communicates with me. They always call me. I'd rather they text me. Obviously, I've never told them that, but they're annoying. Uh, moving on to your relationship. How are you managing money with your spouse? What is your office, the lights in your office like? Do they work for you? Oh, no, you hate them? Change them. These are the things that we have to start there because so much of the time, my therapy clients, I would be like, okay, so what brings you joy? They're like, I have no idea. (laughs) I never thought about it. Like knowing ourselves when we have been so, most of us, many of us have been externally focused for so long. I, myself, I identify as an empath, as a highly sensitive person. Now that means When you are that, you are so dialed into the feeling states of like every person in the room, Mm -hmm. even now. But because I know it, it has become my special skill because I know how to protect my energy because I have healthy boundaries and I don't overgive or overfunction. So I'm not resentful. But if you don't know how to protect your energy and if you don't even realize what you're doing, It is so exhausting. There's so much bandwidth that we're just leaking. And we don't even know that we're doing it. But we're like, why the hell am I so tired? Well, that could be why. Yeah, I think that resentment is so real because um, I feel like I've gotten really good at saying no, but then a few things will slip by. And when they slip by, Mm -hmm. it's... It's so loud and it hurts so much. Um, And but there are times where I feel like, you know, if you're in so deep, like if you've committed to something and now you're just friggin miserable and you don't want to do it. That happened Mm -hmm. to me recently. My husband just kind of screwed my head on straight. He's like, listen, he's like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be in and out. And then after that, you can be really judicious and ask more questions. How much time is this really going to take? What are the real requirements of me? Like, you know, I'm such a jump. Yes, I'll be there for you. I'm good at now picking just to do it for a select few. But even sometimes you get taken advantage of with the select few. Right. But here's the question, because you are absolutely talking about boundaries, having clear concise agreements, which means those agreements, any agreements you have in your life, they must be spoken, written down, because this is how you protect your relationships. So anyone that I work with, every person who works for me, they're all super clear. This is what my expectation is. We're all going to, we're all going to communicate on voice notes or whatever it is that I want. If you work for me, you work on East coast time. I don't give a crap where you live. If that doesn't work, don't work for me. That's okay. But that's my expectation. I'm not worried what time it is in London, right? Because I can't. It's my company. You need to worry about what time it is in New York because that's where I am. Those are clear agreements. If someone's like, no, I don't want that. I want to be on London time. Well, great. Then work somewhere else. That's cool. So you can avoid so much conflict and resentment by really managing expectations with, I call it clean agreements, instead of implied or silent agreements, because we always make the mistake, at least I have many times in my life, 
is we, it's called like positive projection, where we think other people are like us. Yes. But they're not. And they should, it doesn't make them right or wrong, but it's an assumption. Mm-hmm. Like, well, yeah. And we also, that? we also think that people should know, like, how do you not know? Right. Read the room. How do you not see that I'm angry that you just barged into my dressing room without knocking and I could have been naked? How is that not even something that would pop into your brain? But it's not. It's not. And here's the thing. Worrying about the why, even asking the why for something like that is completely pointless. The only thing that's effective is having a note on your door that says, hey, definitely knock. That's yeah. it. Just definitely knock before coming in. Or when that person did it, be like, hey, man, what if I were new? You could be funny, tongue in cheek. There's so many ways to do it. But not doing it means we then ruminate about it. Yeah. It'll just come up at the weirdest times. I can't sleep. And I'm like, I can't believe friggin' Betty. Like, Betty, who the hell is she? Like, mm-hmm. you're like, wow, my mind just got co-opted for 45 minutes thinking about something that happened a year ago, two months ago, a week ago. So it's never too late. Even with that person who barged in, I'm just going to say it. It's never too late to go back and say, oh, hey, I was thinking about Wednesday when you came into my um, dressing room. And I just want to be clear, please knock beforehand. I was thinking about how embarrassed we both would have been had I been changing, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd like to make a simple request. Friggin' knock. Right. That that's my all right. Maybe lose the friggin. But (laughs) (laughs) and and you can go back to that. No problem. I mean, I could you could go back to the summer of 78 if you wanted to. But my feeling is there's no um, statute of limitations. And when you first are learning the language of boundaries, it is so much easier to go back than it is to do it in the moment, because a lot of times we freeze in the moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're not trained. It's a new muscle. Yep. And so I'm meditating every day. And as I meditate and think about my new self, I think about somebody who can set and protect their boundaries. So now I'm putting it in my brain every single day. And I feel like that will make me more aware when boundaries are being breached to be able to say something in the moment a lot easier. And I think I might've had a moment recently where I did do that. Oh no, I did. I stood up for myself on that call where I was like, um, so, um, transparency is very important for me. So, uh, in the future, when you're communicating with me, if you could actually tell me what you really need rather than changing it a couple texts later after I've agreed to something. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, yay, one for the win. Or, you know, there was a guy on a plane recently, hovering over me. There was no one, you know, I had waited to get my overhead stuff till there was nobody, you know, boarding. And then I started getting my stuff and this guy jumped, you know, came in from behind and was kind of hovering over me. I said, oh, you can go. And he said, no, I'm good. I said, no, 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 you can go. Cause I was going to take a minute and I didn't want to have to have him standing over me watching me. And he said, why do you have a lemon in your bag? And it was my first time ever, Terry. I go, it's actually none of your business. <laughs> I thought I won a million dollars. I won the lottery. He was like, you're right, actually. And he walked away. Amazing. And it was my first time doing it. So it's like, I, one of the questions I wanted to ask is when you're newly approaching these boundaries, mm-hmm. I can I can see where it's so uncomfortable and you, you might... Like, I, I really want to be so good at it where it's like calm and kind and mm-hmm. that. So I, I meditate on calm and kind boundaries because after he left, I was like, yeah, get the fuck out of here, buddy. And like, I was like, I was so proud of myself. But then like, so there were so many emotions that were coming out. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but I, I did because right. I'm still learning. Because it just came out. And here's the thing, your desire to be more transparent about your boundaries is what is fueling that moment. But I want you to look at it like this. Boundaries are a language. So you could be like, I want to be fluent in French. And I'm just going to pray that I am (laughs) eventually. I'm going to wake up tomorrow fluent. And when you don't, you're like, I can't believe I'm not fluent. You know what? You got to learn how to be fluent. Practice. And put in the time and understand why it's so hard. All of 
those things will um, aid in your fluency. And in the beginning, especially if we were kind of boundary disasters, like we're both saying we were, it's like the pendulum swings all the way over Mm -hmm. because you're finally like, hi, this is like 30 years of shit coming out right now. Like I'm so, I just have to say it. Or you can't stop yourself. It's like we hit a tipping point. Like you said, that wouldn't have been your perfect choice of words if there is such a thing. But the reality is it's definitely better than Mm self-abandoning. It's definitely better because we have to stop putting up with shit that's unacceptable. We have to stop doing crap we really don't want to do. Stop. Stop letting that friend who only calls you to complain about their toxic relationship, doesn't really care about what's happening with you, is always in drama. You know, you know, we all have them. Stop that person and being like, hey, we've talked about this a lot. And my feeling is when you are ready to make the changes, I have no doubt you will. I don't know what you should do, but I have faith that you're going to figure it out. Be done with that conversation because that person, unless you step back, like I did with my sister, you don't have to step back that far, but you don't have to be a repository for toxic stuff Mm -hmm. because people are unhealthy. (laughs) You can be honest and be like, hey, this is my experience. Or we've talked about this a lot and I love you and I have no doubt you're going to figure it out. But it doesn't seem like us talking about it is helping you figure it out and leave it there. When they start talking about it, you can be like, I got to go. That doesn't make you a bad friend. That makes you not collude with the lowest part of that person. Mm. Yeah. Right? Same thing when, when, we're, when we're not a boundary disaster, when we stand up, when we tell the truth. We are, it's standing up for the relationship, not just standing up for ourselves. Oh my this is so living up to everything that I, <laughs> I <know. laughs> had hoped and wanted for with the boundaries conversation. But guys, we're going to break it up and we are going to have part two run tomorrow because we couldn't let Terry leave. Kelsey negotiated real hard to get extra time I from did. her I because really did. we know how much we need this. And Queen, I'm very proud of you. Oh, thanks. Really proud of your new boundaries. Thanks. I think that's so amazing. That's like such so quick to be able to apply it. I know. This is why I said you guys are light years ahead. It's kind of so crazy. Cool. It's really cool. Um, I just channel Pooja now every day because Pooja knows how to do it. <laughs> I know. Pooja's so good. No, I, this helped me a lot. Like, yeah, there's, yeah. Good. I needed this like two days ago, but I'm glad I got it now. And now she I can did. implement it this week. <laughs> I, kept, I kept smacking her. I'm like, are you listening? Are I know. Kelsey kept hating me. She's like, you got to do this today. Do this today. Do whatever you're dealing with. Um, oh, that's so funny. This is really helpful. I mean, we all have problems with boundaries. I, I just, in different ways, yeah. like, you know, like it's not in the same way. Maybe you guys have, you know, issues. Yeah. But we all. Yeah. Got, and yeah. also just the whole definition of codependency. I was like, Oh shit, I'm codependent. I just didn't know that that's what that meant, you know? See? Yeah. I don't know why it's it's there's just something with that word I can't get it. Yeah. I can't get it and I'm a bright human. Yeah. And I don't think I could probably ni- be 99 and still asking what it means. <laughs> and I, I just don't understand why it won't suck into my brain. But I think she she made it make sense for me because I'm a little bit the same way too, Maria, until Dr. Laura, her heel event really switched my mind around. That was amazing, actually. If you are not a Patreon member, please, please give yourself the gift of becoming a Patreon member. $10 a month. You get ad-free shows every day. You get an extra show and you get access to the heel events. Laura Berman did a heel event with us recently and you get the history of all of them. And we've had the most amazing people on share their time, but you're right. That was incredible. And I wasn't supposed to be able to be on that. Oh yeah. Cause I was packing for New York and I just kept, kept it in the background. And I, at first I was glued to it cause it was so good. I couldn't leave it. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, that's a good callback. In fact, we should probably do a heel event with Terry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So good. She's amazing. But yeah, she helped, she helped me a lot on the definition. Cause I think that like you and I probably think it's like, we're not codependent. We don't need someone. Yeah. That's what we think it means, you know, but her new little coins definition that she had, I was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> anyways, I can't wait for you guys to hear part two. Yeah. It just keeps getting better. So good. All right, everybody. 
uh, until tomorrow, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. Hey, Hill Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much and we love doing this thing called life with you.